0: This is the Sales Gravy Podcast. I'm Jeb Blunt, best-selling author of People Buy You, and I'm here to help you knock down more doors, close bigger deals, and rock your commission check. In this episode, you're going to learn how to engage more prospects with cold email from Kendra Lee, the author of The Sales Magnet and one of the top experts in email prospecting. First, though, I want to share one of my favorite prospecting tools. It's so powerful that I consider it my company's secret weapon. Look, we all know that prospecting is often about finding the needle in the haystack, and TellWise makes finding the right prospects at the right time easier. It's honestly the best email prospecting tool I've ever used, and that's why every salesperson at SalesGravy has a TellWise account. But TellWise is so much more than email. With TellWise, my reps can go from email to text to proactive chat to a phone call in a matter of seconds. It's an amazing communication platform, and the analytics are insane. That's why we love TellWise. So do yourself a favor. Go to TellWise.com today, that's TellWise.com, and sign up for a free trial. I promise you, you'll love it. Now, here are four tips for engaging prospects with cold email. I am Jeb Blunt, and welcome to another episode of the 15-Minute Webinar. Today, we are talking about email prospecting, and I have one of the foremost authorities and thought leaders on email prospecting in the entire world, one of my very, very best friends, Kendra Lee. Kendra Lee is the author of a book called The Sales Magnet that you have to go. You can go get it on Amazon called The Sales Magnet. It's one of my, my must reads. I mentioned it in my book, Fanatical Prospecting, because it's so good. You can also read her blog that has just incredible articles on, on being able to uh, to fill your funnel, top of the funnel, and all of the different ways that you can be a magnet for leads and prospects at klagroup.com. And Kendra, welcome to the 15-minute webinar.
1: Well, thank you for having me, Jeb, and I have to give an equal introduction to you. This is Jeb Blount, who is president of Sales Gravy and author of I Can't Tell You How Many Books. His most recent one is Fanatical Prospecting. Both Jeb and I are just passionate about prospecting. Um, We have great conversations going back and forth about what's the right way to prospect what are effective strategies Um, and jeb is someone that i always look to for the most leading edge strategies to try in prospecting so jeb thank you for having me
0: well we're gonna have a good time today because we're talking about email prospecting and i think we both agree that you as a as a salesperson you need to balance your prospecting between telephone email text messaging, social media, and if you're a field rep, in-person prospecting. An email is one of those core channels. And email done right, I think you actually wrote this one time, email done right can be brilliant. An email done wrong can be a train wreck that can ruin your company's brand, ruin your reputation, and turn your prospects off. So today we're gonna give you four, that's four tips for sending more impactful prospecting emails that get results. My first tip is pretty simple, and that is that your email has to be relevant. And what that means is when you're sending an email, and there's a difference, by the way, from sending a bulk email. A bulk email is what you do through marketing automation, where you're sending one generic message to maybe thousands of prospects. That sometimes happens when you've got a cold list or you've been to a uh, a big conference and say you have a couple of thousand prospects and you're trying to, to better qualify them. So you're moving them into a funnel and you may send an email, offer a white paper. What I'm talking about with email prospecting is one-to-one prospecting. So I'm sending an email to Kendra, who is the CEO of her company, to get her attention. I may have called and left a voicemail message i may have attempted to connect with her on linkedin and now i'm sending an email that for, that needs to be relevant to her to get her to take action the action i'm asking for is a meeting with me so what what i get all the time kendra is i get these these emails cuz i'm the ceo of a company and i buy stuff i get emails from reps who send me one after another after another where the email has no relevance to me, it's it's almost moronic, and it generally starts off uh, with a statement about them. We're the largest. We're the biggest. We do this. We do this. We do this. Yeah. And what I find is the emails that I return are the ones where the first sentence hooks me, and it's usually about me. It's about you know uh, uh, the one that I returned recently was you know Jeb as as a you know as a CEO that runs a top job board one of the frustrations that I know you have is boom. And that was connecting with my with my prospects. And immediately, as soon as the person said that, I went, wow, this person gets me. This is about me, a CEO of a job board and a frustration that I have. So my mm-hmm. tip is that before you write the email, and this takes time, make sure that it's relevant to the person that you are sending it to so that it will make them keep reading. What do you say about mm-hmm. that, Kendra?
1: You know, we call that finding their trigger event or finding something that is at the top of their value curve. So what's the most important thing that's probably on their mind right now? And that's not necessarily easy. I agree with you. It could take some time. But if you can find that trigger event, what's going on in their industry and their business that really will grab their attention, they're going to respond. And like you, when I think back on one of the most recent emails that I've responded to that were prospecting related, they were focused on an issue or a frustration or something going on around us that I have to deal with. And, and it's on the top of my value curve. It's a number one priority. So I totally agree with you.
0: I think so much of it is about stepping in their shoes. I mean, even, you know, we, I work with a company that reaches out to uh, to CFOs and we didn't know a lot about these CFOs. Yeah. We, we did research online and we went to LinkedIn and we we looked them up. But when we realized that everybody we were sending the email to was a CFO and that all those CFOs worked in a particular industry vertical, what we were able to, to do was glean some, from the conversations we'd had live with some of these other CFOs some yeah. of the issues and frustrations and, and challenges that they were dealing with and craft a message, the very first you know, sentence around yep. something that was common to all of these CFOs that said, hey, we at least understand you. We're sh- you know stepping in your shoes other than our company is the largest company in the world that does this and you should love us because of all these things. Just a generic Mm -hmm. pitch.
1: Exactly, exactly. So my tip, our tip number two, is that that most important thing needs to be, as Jeb said, the very first sentence, and you elaborate on it just a bit in your whole first paragraph. Don't say it and then immediately go into something about yourself. Instead, elaborate a little bit and say, why is it that you want to meet them? I used to say, put that information a little bit later in the email and that people would skim your email. But the reality is they're reading your emails in so many different places that now you actually have to be smart, not only about what you write, but where you actually place it in the email. Because if they're reading it on their mobile phone, the minute they see a break in your paragraphs, suddenly they could be on to the next thing because they didn't catch what you wanted in that very first paragraph. So put that important sentence first and then say, what is it that you want? Are you meeting with them to talk about ideas related to this? Do you want to interview them? Do you want to just talk with them and share what you've seen other clients doing? But what is it that you want? Put it right up front so that they get that message immediately.
0: Mm-hmm. So our first unit says, CFOs in your industry face the challenge of never knowing when their business might be at risk. And that's mm-hmm. exactly why I'm writing to schedule a meeting with you to share some of the best practices that other CEOs and CFOs in your industry are using to mitigate risk. So I'm, I'm upfront basically saying, hey, I get you. And here's why we meet. Here's what value I can bring to you. And it's not about what I can do for you, what I want to discuss with you, what I'd love or like to do. It's about I've got something of value that that that, that creates some curiosity in that person to respond. Those, by the way, as a CEO, are the emails that I respond to. That, exactly. And the other thing you said, and I think this is important, people are reading their emails on their phones. So I, right now about 56% of the emails that you sent are read, read on a small screen. And if you think about a small screen, I'll I'll pull my phone up here and we'll just take a look at it real quickly. Just go to to my email box. So if we go to my email box on the small screen, here's what I've got. I'm looking at this. So I'm actually, I've actually got a little clip of that first sentence right there and yep. when i open it up it's got to be short sweet and to the point i mean you can't have that many characters in in that email so it's got to be able to capture me in that moment to get me respond in fact most of the 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 prospecting emails that i respond to i respond to on my phone cuz i'm typically checking my 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 email messages early in the morning before i get started in my day
1: well and if you look at my phone mine's even smaller than yours and I see the beginning of one sentence and that's all, you know, you've got your subject line and the beginning of one sentence. So it's critical
0: It is. that
1: you, that you have that information right there and just pull them in. And I agree. You're not going to talk about your product. And here's the thing, expect that they're going to respond to you and want more information before they'll agree to the meeting. They just Absolutely. are, you know, I, I'm sure Jeb, you're like me, you get one of these emails and you don't immediately say, oh yes, I'm available at Friday at two to talk. Instead, you go back and you say, hey, tell me a little bit about this. You know, who else are you working with? Something. Yep. So be prepared with what you're going to say back to them and recognize that that means you caught their attention. So they're engaged with you. They want to talk to you. You hooked them and that's, that's right. what you
0: do. That's one of the three cardinals, you know, rules of email prospecting is that it, A, it has to get delivered, which means that it can't go in the spam box. B, it has to get opened. So this is what we were just talking about. And C, it has to convert. It has to to create some some sort of an action, something that happens on the prospect's uh, side. And that brings me to tip number three. Tip number three. here's Here's the fastest way to send your email to the delete bin. And I delete them constantly when I get them. Here's and this is this is something that not a lot of people talk about when you address me as hi Jeb or hello Jeb, that sends you directly to the bin because I know that you are trying to sell me something. This is, I think, a critical piece of becoming a better at sending more impactful emails. And that is, if you send an email to a CEO, if you send an email to a director of sales, or you send an email to the head of purchasing or whoever you're dealing with, whoever your prospect is, just write their first name and put a comma, just like you'd be writing to a colleague. We don't send emails to each other inside my company and go, hello, Carrie, or hi, Brooke. We put their name and we put a comma next to it. If you want to be taken seriously, do that. As soon as you say hi or hello... Uh, and you put it in front of my name or dear, which I get a few of those every once in a while. When you put that in front of my name and put a comma, I know two things a robot sent the email because <laughs> you plug that into your marketing automation. And two, you're a sales rep. And even though I'm a guy that teaches people how to sell stuff, I sometimes, when I get an email like that, it makes me feel bad because it's, I know that it's completely generic. Don't say hi or hello or mister or, or dear or anything. First name, comma, because on that small screen, when I'm going through those emails, that list, when I'm looking at my little list of emails, here they are. If it says, Hi, Jeb, I see it right here. I don't even have to open the thing up. I know it's a prospecting email. I'm done with you. We're over.
1: <laughs> so on this one, you and I disagree. And we've had this conversation before. Yeah. So blessed to talk about it now. I completely agree. Do not use deer. We're not writing to our mother or our aunt or our grandmother. We're not writing a formal letter. So no dears, no Mr, Ms, Mrs, none of that. Um, But I actually like using high. Now this is where I would say, part of it may be your target market. We focus on small businesses, usually between 750,000 up to 85 million. So there aren't a lot of C levels in those. You've got the business owner, you may have one or two sea levels, but not until you get over that till you get to very many more. So it's a more casual atmosphere in those businesses. So the high actually works there. So I would use the high. You have told me before, though, Kendra. Stop saying that because I think it's coming from your automation system.
0: <laughs> well, I do. As soon as I, I mean, I got one from someone the other day ago, and I said hi on it, and I deleted it because I thought it was. And I just don't respond to robots. So let me let me. So it's
1: good to know both ways, is what I would say. And and if you know more people who are deleting the hi, then go with Jeff's.
0: Yeah. You definitely need to do it. I'll, let me. I'll, I'll, I'll. Um. I'll try to convince you with one. One other thing. So one of the things I teach people on telephone is don't say when they when the person answers the phone. How are you doing today? As soon oh, as you say that, they know you're a salesperson, and their get away from the salesperson kicks on. And I mm-hmm. and I believe that the same thing applies on an email. As soon as they see higher hello, they know that the only people that address them as higher hello are salespeople. So you increase the probability that your email is going to get trashed because you do that. Now, that's different than if I know you and I'm sending an email and I'm using it as a way to, you know, to build a relationship or be nice that day. Uh, But that's my concern about it. But I agree with you. If you if you find that calling them you know Mister works because I mean obviously so, there are some people who write me a you know letter who've read my book and call me Mister Blunt, and I find that very respectful and I always respond to that. But if you find whatever works, if it's working for you, use that. There there are no rules that say this is the only way of doing it.
1: Absolutely, and this is where I say test it. I'm all about testing. You know, I'll get people who say, What's the ideal subject line? You know, should I do, should I put a question mark? Should I not put a question mark? I'm all about, Well, try it. See which one gets you a better response. And by the way, we know it's going to take multiple attempts to reach someone. So you're prepared already that you're going to have to call multiple times, you're going to have to email multiple times. So switch it up, make it interesting. It only makes it look like it's not coming from a robot it's coming from a person who sincerely genuinely wants to talk to them I think it can help increase your response rates so I'm all about testing it see which which way you get and then let Jeb and me know what works best for you
0: Very good. You can, um, If you're watching this on YouTube, definitely uh, we want to see your comments. I mean, I'd love to hear, I mean, I'm, I, we'd love to hear if you've got a best practice of something that's working for you, especially a subject line or a way of addressing people or something you're saying. If there's something there, put it in the comments so that we can respond to you.
1: Absolutely. I'd like to hear that. So that brings us to tip number four, Jeb. And on this one, we had one we wanted to give you that we are both pretty passionate about, and that is calendaring and how do we offer up a meeting to someone. I firmly believe that if you're going to invite someone to have a conversation with you, you should offer up a time. Why not go for the close? So in your email, suggest a potential time that you can meet. It makes it so much easier if you've grabbed their attention and they do want to hear your ideas about where other CFOs are at risk, then suggest a time so that they can easily go to their calendar and see, am I available at that time or am I not available? And this is something we teach that you do on the phone as well as you can suggest a time that you might call back. But here's the cool thing. When you suggest a time, if they're interested, they go and they look at their calendar and they see they may not be available, they may suggest an alternate time.
0: So for example, I'll say, how about we get together next Thursday at two o'clock? I do that on the telephone and I do that on email. And, and the reason that I do that is, A, I don't want my prospect to have to work. So right. most prospects have an idea of what their calendar is. So if I just give them a time, they don't have to go look, they don't have to do anything. The easier I make it for them to respond to me, the better. And if they write back and say that won't work, that I get a response. I converted. Now they're engaged. Now we're having a conversation. That happened to me last week. I was with a group of, of salespeople in one of our fanatical prospecting boot camps, and I was prospecting with them. And mm-hmm. I got in touch with a, a Salesforce administrator, and uh, I suggested a time. And she said, That won't work for me, but how about this? And yeah. we booked the appointment. So definitely suggest a time. Now, mm-hmm. the calendar link. So, you know, here's my calendar. Find a time on there that works for you. Personally, I find that unbelievably offensive when someone is coming to me asking for me for my time, I, it, it really, really chaps me. And, and I've gotten a lot of questions recently. I just got one a couple of weeks ago. Should I add a calendar link? And I think a lot of people are struggling with this because we see a lot of people doing it. And when we see a lot of people doing it, we want to do it too. And I don't like it. I, I had a, uh, a a tech company who wanted me to to do a demo of their product because they want me to talk about their product because I've got a big audience. And they sent me a calendar link. And I was completely <laughs> offended, and I said, no, I, I said, I, I can't i'm not I'm not doing this with you." And I told them why. I said, because instead of coming to me, you're and being respectful of my time, you said to me, "You find a time on our calendar. To me, it's arrogance. However, That's- let me say this. I'm not, I, I don't want to say that this is the wrong way because you know what? There are people all over the place. There are some people that you send the calendar link to. They're probably thrilled to have it. It makes them feel better. To me, it's offensive to them. It's not. And what you don't want to do is, you know, hack off your prospect in the process. And if you send it to me, I guarantee you, I'm not clicking your link. And I make it super hard for people who, who do that. In fact, you, I'll, I'll say, yeah, I'll meet with you. They send me a link. I don't respond to them because I, again, I, I'd, I find it to be rude. But here's my w- re- go ahead.
1: I won't actually respond to them, Jeb. If I get one, we're done. I delete it.
0: Yep, it. We're done. And that's how I feel. Now, that may be generational. I don't know. But here's what I say do both. If, if you have a calendar link, do both. Say, how about we get together next Thursday at two o'clock? Or if that time is not convenient for you, send me back a time that is, or Here's a link to my calendar where you can see the times that I have available. So you're basically giving people three options. Pick the time that I give you, send me another time, or go to my calendar. That mm-hmm. way, I think you 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 don't make it offensive to people. So you're not yeah. offending, a, you know, folks like you and I who just won't respond to those things. Mm-hmm. And um, you're if the person just wants to give you another time, you make it easy for them. And for the other group of people who find it completely natural to go to someone else's calendar and find a date where they can be sold something, you know, those <laughs> people, they, they, it works for you.
1: And that's exactly it. It's like you're asking your client to go find a time when you can sell to them. That's what makes it offensive. I don't know that it's generational. I think it's actually based on the level of the person. The higher the level of the person, the more arrogant it seems for a salesperson to say, hey, go pick a time, Mr. VP or Mr. Business Owner, to, on my calendar to sell to you. That's the way I look at it. But I agree with you. If you offer the different options, all we're doing is making it easy for them. Just don't offer too many options. Jeb gave you three. I wouldn't go beyond that. Um, The other thing that you can do with your calendar invitation, you can put it in your signature as well. And there are people who absolutely will look at your email signature and they may choose to click through to find a time on your calendar. So those are all ways that you can use it. Now, Jeb, the other thing I like to do is actually send a calendar invitation. Um, So I will put in the email that I'll send you a calendar invitation in case that's an easier way for you to respond. So I'll suggest Thursday at 3, and by the way, always quote it in their time zone, not yours, being from the mountain time zone where nobody understands what time zone we're really in I'm very cognizant of that, quote it in their local time zone, and then I'll send them a calendar invitation. And in the invitation, I'll put what we're going to cover to remind them so that when it comes up on that day, they know what we were going to talk about. And there is a percentage of people that will accept just from your calendar invitation and never actually reply to the email. So there are all different ways that you can get on their calendar.
0: I love that. And the nice thing about modern modern calendar invites is even if they don't accept the calendar invite, it's still on their calendar. So That's, you that, follow up yeah.
1: on that exact day and you say, hey, I had suggested it hadn't heard from you, didn't know if maybe you were available. Makes yeah. you look all that more sincere.
0: Very good. That's a great tip. Now, I've got one more bonus conversation when you're using email for prospecting, it is really, really stupid to start off your relationship by calling your prospect a schmuck. <laughs> Just let that sink in for a minute. Tell us
1: that. Didn't we know that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so let me let me tell you what I'm talking about. And I've been polling um, executives, primarily executives recently, because I hang out with a lot of CEOs and C level people and what I do. And everybody seems to be having the same issue. And here's the issue. Johnny, the sales representative, puts together an email. He sends it out on a Monday. The email may be good, may be bad, but, you know, there's a busy person there. It gets to the bottom of the email box. You know how it is. Once something goes to the end of my day and I haven't answered it, it's probably likely I'm never going to see it again. It's not, no different than my Facebook feed or my Twitter feed. It's gone forever. So the next day, Johnny loads up an email and says, I don't know if you saw the email that I sent you yesterday, um, but... Um, I'm hopefully you'll get in touch with me a couple of days later Johnny doesn't get a response Johnny says hey I've sent you a couple of emails and you know just in case you missed it maybe we could get together and then on Friday you get another one from Johnny that says listen the last four emails that I sent you didn't go answered I'm assuming that you probably don't want to talk to me but just in case you did and then next Tuesday you get another one from Johnny that says I've been sending you lots of emails I haven't heard from you could you get back in touch with me now Here's the problem. As a human being, when you get that, at the subconscious level, you feel bad. Johnny called you out. You didn't send Johnny back an email. You didn't write him back. You didn't do anything. It's not something that makes you mad. It just makes you feel bad. It's like getting a voicemail that says, hey, Kendra, I called you yesterday. You didn't call me back. Call me again. And and so and I've, I've been polling people because I've been noticing my emotions when I get these emails, just my emotion around it. There's part of me that that gets that feels bad. Hey, I didn't send Johnny back an email. And there's part of me that's pissed off at Johnny because Johnny's calling me out and telling me I'm a schmuck for not getting back in touch with him. Now, I recognize it's a campaign that Johnny's on. He's probably a robot sending those things. But to me, if you want to start a relationship with your prospect, that's a really dumb way to do it. And I wanted to see what you thought about that without without any preview. So we're just going to get you know a, a different take or you're going to agree with me. I'm not right. sure.
1: you're getting the unvarnished thought. Um, First off, I think you have to leave enough time between your emails for somebody to respond to you. If I sent it yesterday and they haven't responded today, I'm not going to email them again today. Everybody's busy. And even though I know that it's probably slipped down, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and give them a little bit longer to respond. So I actually recommend waiting three days. I also recommend um, not sending five emails like you talked about. Somewhere in there you should pick up the phone and try and call them and alert them that you've sent them an email and you, here's why and you'd really like to get together. <laughs> so don't leave it just to email. Um, I I don't. I wouldn't phrase it the way that you have, Jeb, where saying, hey, I hadn't heard from you or, or the one that says, um, guess you're not interested, thanks. Um, I would spread it out and perhaps the trigger event that you've identified really isn't of interest to them. So maybe you need to find a different first sentence that you're using <laughs> and come with a different reason that you want to talk with them.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't have a problem with people sending an email campaign or multiple emails. And I agree with you, you know, the email should be um, balanced with a phone call, a voicemail, uh, mm-hmm. social media touch. Um you know even if you're if you're meet, if you're going to a conference and you're going to meet them, I know you go to some of the Salesforce conferences and things like that. I, you know if I'm going to meet you there, I may send an email for that. What what I find to be off-putting is the first sentence, I sent you an email yesterday or I sent you an email 4 days ago mm-hmm. telling me that you sent me an email and I didn't answer it makes me feel bad. Don't do that. Just send yeah, another do message. That. You you can have a series of messages that even educate me. That's okay. But, mm-hmm. but don't call your prospect a schmuck. That's just stupid.
1: <laughs> now, what do you think about saying in follow up or just checking back? That's one that I might do. You don't like that one either? No,
0: I'm not a big fan of just checking in. There's no value in that. No, you know, checking Uh-oh, back. It's not like,
1: in. not that one, but where you can use the same value proposition again, use that same sentence, but I'll say I'm following up. On yeah, I think
0: stuff. you. I think you could do that. I think that I would alter the message. I would change the message up. I would. I would either use it to create some urgency if it was a particular trigger event or something. I may say time's running yeah. out. I don't want you to miss out. If we were running, like let's just say that you you've got a, a client base and you're offering a special on something that you do, some service, a download, a, a software, whatever. Uh, you, you know, you could send an email that says, "Jab." I, I don't want you to miss out on this fantastic offer because I've noticed that a lot of people like you who download this or get this or buy this from us or meet with us or do this, find that it's of real value to them. I don't know if it'd be a fit for you, but, but it would at least make sense for us to get on the telephone and have a conversation about it so that, you know, at least you don't miss that opportunity. You could change that up, change that up, change that up. I think it's the subconscious mind that we have to be careful of that, We don't as human beings, I don't want to let you down, you want to let me down. And I don't want to put you in a situation where, because I'm prospecting to you, I'm making you feel like, you know, you're, you're, you're the bad guy, because you're not responding to me. And I I, I think if you had something that was like you, let's just say that you had an offer, and it was, uh, there was a hard stop at the end of the week. Then you may say, "I'm follow hey, just following up to make sure you don't miss this." That's that's in my favor. You're doing something to help me. You're not saying, "I sent you an email yesterday and didn't hear from you." Those right. that line, don't do that. That's really yeah, don't bad. Don't
1: that one. Don't yeah. ever do that. Never make your prospect feel like you said like a schmuck. Feel yeah. bad. Feel dumb. Yeah, no. Don't do that one. I'm there with you. <laughs>
0: perfect perfect well thank you so much for joining me for this 15-minute webinar email prospecting and folks i want you to go check out Kendra's book the sales magnet it is fantastic it's one of my favorite books i have it in hard copy and i also have it on kindle because i've read it a bunch of times and i reference in uh, in my book fanatical prospecting and i i use you know, Kendra's uh, message and methods all the time in my own business because she's really really good at what she does and if you go to klagroup.com, that's Group.com, Go read her blogs. Once you start going there and you pick up her newsletter, I promise that you're going to be hooked. Kendra, thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Thank you for having me, Jeb. And can I say that you should also pick up Fanatical Prospecting because it's a great book as well with um, very current, very, very relevant strategies for prospecting. And as you can tell, Jeb and I are very fanatical about how to prospect. So thank you for having me, Jeb.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you very much.